0: Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and this is episode 102. I want to welcome back to the show, Andy Lochnane, who is the president of Austin FC, Austin's MLS team. Welcome back to the show, Andy.
1: Thanks for having me back, AJ.
0: I think the last time we were on, we, were meeting, we met in person over at your, <laughs> um, your facility, or at least your temporary facilities, with was Dave built. Um uh, North Austin, and that was episode forty. That was episode forty-six. But that was May twenty-nineteen, and wow, things changed so many ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to. um I guess we have to um, work on this uh, next time. Hopefully, we'll be in person. But... Yeah,
0: and you're one of your. Yeah, I think I, I think uh and your folks had. I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. Had been on me since we spoke about uh getting the box. So I think those are probably sold out at this point, but. <laughs> I'll be on the reserve list or I get some from the president's box. That's cool too. I'll take that.
1: Yes, we can, we can have, uh, by the way, I don't have a box, but um, we can. Your
0: guest list. <laughs> we can,
1: we can find a way to get, uh, to, <laughs> to crowbar you into the stadium. So I, like I, like
0: I like that. I like so that. I like that. It's all right. right now. Good. Well, you know, you know, you obviously since from May to now, again, a lot's happened uh, in general and then COVID and everything else. But I want to get you back on the show. to Talk about some of the updates to the, with the team, and then yeah. also, obviously, what's going on with construction at the stadium. Yeah. Um, because you know, I just I, see, I follow y'all on Twitter, and everything else. So I know things are still moving, and everything else. And so we can stop start with that. Just what are some what's been going on with the, on the team side, team building? Side? Yeah.
1: Well, there's a a lot of. Um, team building, literally infrastructure, staff, season ticket base, sponsorship base, that's been taking place um, since we last got together, and obviously even shortly before that. And um, that, whether there is a uh, a pandemic um, that can disrupt business flow or otherwise, building a new franchise from the ground up um, has a significant uh, list of to-dos. And so we are working on our to-do list. But I think, critically speaking, um, I think first and foremost for your audience, uh, important for us to note that we have very fortunately remained on schedule. So an announcement was made a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Major League Soccer announced that Austin FC would remain on schedule to launch in 2021, which was the plan all along. and. In that same announcement, Major League Soccer announced that three other expansion teams, the Charlotte franchise, um, the St. Louis franchise, and the Sacramento franchise, were all delaying um, for various reasons um, here. And I think that's representative of, first of all, it's a smart business decision for them, again, for their own unique reasons. They've, in their own markets, have had varying degrees of uh, slow starts uh, just because of the pandemic, Um, by way of example. Uh, we announced our brand in August of 2018. We went on sale with season tickets in 2019. Charlotte just announced their brand um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and they were scheduled to start um, in the same year we were. And so from, as we say in in our business, from a commercial perspective, our infrastructure, our staff, some of our sponsorships, you know, our, our season ticket process was well underway. So we're fortunate we remain on schedule. Um, and and I think that's very important. As, as it relates to, you know, the stadium infrastructure, um, that's a $260 million privately financed um, construction project, as you mentioned, taking place in North Austin. And um, again, we have been very fortunate to have remained on schedule. Um, we've had a couple of, um adjustments that have had uh, like any other business uh, that's undergoing a construction project we've had to make modifications um yes. those modifications have been schedule modifications so for example a specific trade might have to work in a different schedule um given social distancing um requirements um health code requirements and we've had to adjust schedule but we've been able to adjust schedules and remain on time um we've had some material uh adjustments that have had to been made. For example, if something maybe was going to come from a European country, maybe we have to source that from a different location. Um, And I think, ultimately, we've been able to make some very smart strategic decisions uh, and remain on schedule all along. So so very critically um, and very fortunately, we remain on target for our spring of 2021 stadium delivery. And as to um, You know, I I, I think we get a lot of conversation about our $260 million privately financed stadium, which uh, should get a lot of attention given um, the magnitude of it and the importance of it. But we're also building this $45 million training facility project in Northeast Austin. And uh, it's uh, for your listeners who may not be familiar. um, This will be a state of the art um, four and a half field Uh, facility that's kind of the that's our workplace that's um, and not not for the business staff but for the soccer players the soccer staff this is where they go to train it's where they go to um, have healthy meals it's where they go to watch video to learn um, to uh, rehabilitate to prevent injuries it's their office and um, it's an incredibly important part of our ecosystem and that project um, broke ground uh, in what uh, some people refer to as the Tech Ridge area. Um, it's, form, it's now known um, officially as um, Palmer Innovation Center. So it's basically the intersection of um, Parmer and, and 35 in Northeast Austin. And that um, that facility broke around uh, in the month of June. And um, now it is on schedule also for a, a spring 2021 delivery. So those two infrastructure projects, very important to getting any club um, off the ground, and we are fortunate to remain on schedule. And then, you know, we're also building out our business staff. So when you and I first um, had a podcast together, we were probably, if I had to hazard a guess, we were probably a staff of roughly 20 persons um, yeah. last year. Um, we're now um, a staff closer to 50 um, persons. And um, had just to give you a sense of, you know, impact of COVID, ha- had we not had COVID-19 um, enter into all of our lives, we would have had a larger staff. One of the modifications we've had to make is our, our growth, which quite frankly needs to accelerate. Our growth on the staff side would have been bigger by now, but we've, like any other business that's been impacted, we've had to delay um, certain hirings. Um, but ultimately, AJ, you know, we're a business that needs to be prepared. Mm-hmm. A business that is very clearly in growth mode um, that requires staff to do so. So um, I, kn- I know this is another area where we're fortunate, um, w- you know, we're in growth mode. So um, we've been doing um, a fair amount of hiring and quite frankly, a fair amount of hiring will follow between now and the start of our next season. And and uh, I guess, you know, on the infrastructure side too, we're building out, you know, our partnerships and our season ticket base. And, uh, you know, those are big processes. Maybe we can get into that in a little bit. But yeah, that's a couple of things we've been up to the last year. And uh, I think if there's an underlying theme, no shortage of work, um, no shortage of incredible commitment from our partners, the city of Austin and our construction community, in particular the workers who have um, who have um, worked spectacularly to um, provide us with an on-time delivery thus far.
0: Yeah, and again, um, you know, the stadium renderings, I've been, I have been driven by it, recent, you know, I guess in the last several months, but the renderings and the po- this is what I see online, the y'all posts and some of your, your many fans in Austin posts have uh beautiful. Can you talk about too, just some of the amenities and technologies are going into the stadium? Yeah.
1: You know, one, um, I, I love talking about, um, you know, Austin is a tech forward city. Um, you know, we've got, um, strong presence in Austin, whether it's Apple or Amazon or Facebook or Google, you know, now Tesla, um, you know, Austin is a tech forward community. Um, and, uh, As a result, you know, we want, I think, whether you're in Austin or elsewhere, you want to build a tech forward stadium when you're um, building, you know, a modern state of the art facility. But in Austin, it's, it's exponentially important. Um, And I think from a technology perspective, you know, I like to look at things sort of in a couple different lenses. One is, um, you know, one is in our sound system, you know, we're going to have incredible Um, capabilities, uh, not just for matches, but also for events. And yes, bands usually bring their own sound systems and to a certain extent, you kind of lose control of the venue once the tour sound designers create their own plan. But there are some really cool considerations and design features that we've made to allow um, you know, acoustics in the facility to be um, um, ideal. You know, we've got a state of the art sound system uh, that is really specifically tailored tailored for Austin's um, you know rich music culture and and I think people will be impressed with the capabilities that we have um, as needed um, you know on the light side something really interesting that so uh, we we haven't talked about a whole lot and I and I think this is a, a nice sort of fun place for for us to try to explore um, but you know. Our stadium is going to have um, this really interesting light package um, called RGB lights. Um, And 100% of our stadium will be capable of having full color and and full color tuning. So you can kind of change a white light to a deep yellow or a bright white. And and quite frankly, there's millions of colors that can, um, can happen from the fixtures that we'll have in the stadium. But no other stadium in the world has this feature today. I know of one other venue right now that's planning to, install, and that's in advance of the Super Bowl, um, but will mark um, the first time that a facility will have this advanced sports lighting inside of its stadium, you know, for 100% of the, art, uh, of the lights. And and there's a lot of fun that can be done with that. So, you know, for example, um, maybe we could score a goal and the facility turns a little bit more of a green mm-hmm. color. And that can all be done um, instantaneously, you know, in a millisecond. And and that sort of responsive digital command type lighting fixture is really critical to uh, the fan experience and something that hasn't been done in mass before. So that's going to be really important innovation at our stadium. We recently announced that we've got. Um, so to talk a little bit about sound, a little bit of light, you know, on on the connectivity side. Um, we res- recently announced that. Um, We'll uh, have a partnership with Boingo um, for Wi Fi support and DAS support. And I think on the Wi Fi side, you know, there's probably a baseline expectation that a venue, a modern venue today, has free Wi Fi. And of course, we're going to provide free Wi Fi. I think the distinction in our facility, which is really interesting, is that we're going to design for Wi Fi 6. Um, and I, I, Wi Fi 6 is the latest in um, Wi Fi technology. Um, It allows for convergence. And um, for those who are familiar with this, it just, it's, we're going to have a faster highway um, with faster speeds of connectivity with multiple lanes of connectivity. And on occasions when you're in these high traffic areas, these dense areas, you can get behind a slow car Mm -hmm. and in the Sort of Wi-Fi six environment. If you get behind a slow car, you move to a different lane. You can get back up to highway speed. That's the best analogy I could provide. Um, okay. there's full. Oh, go ahead. Jump in. You no, it's it.
0: all set. That, yeah, that's good. I'm tech person. That's well, set. I,
1: I think the uh, you know the there's only a handful of stadiums in the world right now that have Wi-Fi six. So um, for us, that's a really important advancement. And it, and again, for for all of our fans, free Wi-Fi. Um, I think that's an important. Um, Point to nail, and then uh, you know one other thing that we talk a lot about is um, you know just basic data cellular coverage, and that and that comes through um, something called DAS. So that's that's short for distributed antenna system, um, and that's just another aid for dense stadium environments um, when you're using your data plan. Um, and uh, importantly, we're going to be five G capable. So um, 5G is the next wave of cell phone communications. And um, while it has not come to every market, it certainly is coming and will be capable, which is really important. And, and just as importantly, we're also gonna be a neutral host site. And, and what that means is that our DAS is not exclusive to Verizon or exclusive to AT&T, as some have been. So you know, the NFL has a relationship with Verizon and those those stadiums that have these DAS boosts, either, or, you know, they're 5G capable, but they might just be 5G capable for Verizon customers only, but we'll have a neutral host system, which means that all carriers can equally join our platform without, you know, so, so our users will not be limited by a, a service plan exclusivity. Um, and, and when you think about the connectivity, I mean, that helps everything, right? That helps our, our mobile ticketing program with SeatGeek, that helps, you know, have a state of the art point of sale system um, you know, it helps our, our, our digital signage, just, you know, all the ways, and not to mention, right, connectivity for fans, all the ways that you'll be able to connect, connect with your fans, whether it's social media or text or browse the web, um, maybe one day you're wagering on site if the state of Texas moves in that direction down the road, you know, all of, all of that is aided by connectivity. So this is a really, really important investment. Um, in the stadium, but I'm, I'm excited with the technological advancements that have been made and the fact that we're able to invest in those for our guests. It's really critical.
0: I think important too, is just the, you know, the, the built there, the amenities and kind of the public build out you have around the stadium too. Right. So it's not just the stadium and then, you know, concrete and parking lots around it. I mean, it's truly something that's kind of threat or meant to be woven into the the booming like North central uh, real estate market. Right. And I think we're, we're this is Sorry. you know
1: one of the one of the reasons why you know we really like the domain and, and again if you like the domain in 2018 when the site was selected um, and finalized um, at the end of 2018 um, you love it um, now and you really love it in a couple of years because you know I mentioned a couple of those um, tech companies that have building you know, uh, office presence and increased employee presence in, in Austin, you know, largely that's happening in North Central Austin, you know, app, Apple's campus. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the work, um, live, play component that is a successful ingredient for um, major league venues that historically that work live play has happened in downtown environments and will continue to happen in downtown environments. But, you know, the domain is basically the second downtown in Austin and um, yeah, everything um, once our world is reshaped and, and we believe our world reshape and resume in a way that will allow us to gather, you know, at a restaurant, at a bar, um, at an outdoor shopping center, like the domain. and And once, you know, our life resumes in its reshaped form, the, property is extremely well located to amenities. And, you know, AJ, there's been a lot of discussion about stadium rail, right? So the Cap Metro discussion, um, having a stadium stop adjacent to the stadium, you know, that's something that um, we believe can one day be solved. And um, hopefully that is one uh, that is solved. And and that will, uh, again, further reinforce why this stadium location is an outstanding site.
0: I agree. And then, you know, beyond even the domain, it's just the amount of uh, development going on, particularly around your area, around the stadium, um, commercially and residential. I think it's going to be just more, more of a dream. That and the domain are going to be more of a draw, the area.
1: Um, yeah. And, and, and sorry, I, and I, just to jump in, I think, yeah. yes, and, and our, our project is so complementary to everything. It's, you know, development is going to happen in, in the domain area with or without a major league team. Uh, Undeniably, I think, you know, one of the more rapidly growing parts of the city. Um, I actually think that our project, which has, you know, roughly, roughly, you know, um, 20 major league soccer games on average in any given year, plus what's called another, you know, 10 or so ticketed events, major ticketed events, whether it's concerts or other soccer majors or, you know, collegiate events, high school event, whatever that looks like, you know, at least 10 of those additionally, when we, when we talk about, you know, the volume our volume is—it's not uh, 365 days a year like a, uh, a shopping center environment comes close to. Um, we're not nine to five like a you know business element would be. I mean, yes, we are nine to five. We have a small business staff, a small stadium staff, um, but we're not um, using the 24 acres for um, commercial development to have um, you know this significant uh, build out where there's constant traffic throughout the day um and so with that said i just think that our our usage is exceptionally complementary to the entire overall footprint you can even argue if you're looking to reduce traffic in the domain region um putting a stadium there was an incredible tool to help reduce friction during the periods where there's the most amount of traffic
0: yeah we talk about too on the fan and well, the fan side, just the public, you know, the public side. I know y'all also have a youth academy. Um, any updates on that at all? just In terms of being obviously COVID might have slowed that down, but just on that that project and the other public engagement or virtual engagement uh, initiatives y'all going on uh, leading into the the season, which you know, we're talking for the show. It's you know we're we're close to 2021. We were the new year time went. So it's coming up pretty fast, but yeah, I'd love to talk about just any public uh, initiatives y'all or engagement initiatives y'all going on um, the Academy uh, and just anything the any opportunities fans can do to engage. There are several, I know Twitter groups and or groups out there that are, uh, you know, big supporters of Austin FC um, Before you. even had a logo, right? And so uh yeah, you know, just any of those things that uh, for folks who are new to Austin or new to just Austin FC brand and have caught it last several weeks. Um, and for folks, for fans as well that have been with y'all day one, um, what's, what's going on in that aspect?
1: So um, there's no shortage of things going on in our world. So you you talked about the Academy. Um, so for, for your listeners who aren't entirely familiar, that is um, our youth development platform. Um, it's... Um, for let's call it the most elite um, athletes, young athletes in central Texas who um, are looking for a professional developmental pathway in our sport. Um, Last year when we um, uh, were announced as a major league soccer team, we put forth uh, an academy team at the um, U14 age group. So um, kids who are 14 or younger um, and that was a success. And um, the plan was to then add two more teams for the, uh, what will be the 21, excuse me, the 2020-2021 Academy season. And I think a lot of, a lot of businesses um, uh, have had to slow growth and have had to change plans. But um, hopefully this is representative of our ownership's commitment to um to development and to providing a community asset but you know we are not slowing our growth plans um we we added the two teams that we plan to add so we now have a grand total of three academy teams um uh the youth 13 age group was introduced as a new age this year um we then um are taking our u14 age group moving them up to u15 and then there's a, a new u14 team group that's being formed so u13 u14 u15 um, and those three teams uh, will start training for the 2020-2021 academy season here shortly. Um, the, this is an elite group of athletes um, who uh, have gone through a trial process, a fairly selective process at that, but we fully fund their training. Um, they play in very competitive matches. They have access to the best coaching um, in the country. And um, ultimately, they'll have access to the best facility in the country when they move to our training facility, which, as we talked about, opens up in um, spring of 2021. So that's an important part of our overall ecosystem. You know, you mentioned supporter groups. This is one of the most um, incredible parts about our sport. You know, people often ask me, what's the difference between, um, you know, the NHL, which you've worked in, or the NBA that you've worked in? And, And very quickly, the answer is supporter culture. And so for your listeners who aren't familiar, um, soccer fans are committed. They are avid, they are active, and they are incredibly important to everything that is your club. You mentioned it before Austin FC was even a major league soccer team. There were a group of committed individuals who years prior formed a supporter group, um, just to talk about soccer and to advocate the, um, the city of Austin as a potential Major League Soccer city, and their work through that process and ultimately through the public process that carried out over 2017 and 2018 was instrumental in, um, quite frankly, you know, council and the community um, supporting bringing a team to Austin, and and our supporters um, now there's there's um, a couple of supporter groups, um, and uh, I would I would encourage any of your listeners who are interested in the following. Um, Camaraderie, community, um, uh, standing, singing, chanting, waving flags, having fun, meeting new people, making friends. Um, if they're interested in any of those, maybe occasionally drinking beer. If it, and 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 rallying behind Austin's only major league team. If those are, uh, if any of those things are of interest, I'd encourage you to um, check out a couple of the supporter groups that um, exist around Austin FC today. And um, it is one of the most dynamic parts about our, our, our culture, our club, our sport, um, and on match day, for what it's worth, when supporters are in the stands, um, singing, chanting, waving, again, you know, maybe um, putting off safe smoke. Um, All of these things will differentiate our in-stadium experience from anything else um, people have maybe been accustomed to in Austin. And I think it's a huge differentiator um, and something that I think people will fall in love with. At least I'm willing to bet that they'll fall in love with that environment. But as it relates to you know, other things that are going on in our world, yes, we have a consistent stream of, quite frankly, um, announcements <laughs> that are um, happening, whether it's um, we brought on a player uh, a couple of weeks ago and you know listen, we're going to bring on more players between now and our first season. So um, I'd encourage anybody to follow us on social as um, we're going to start to bring in um, our roster. And and I think that's exceptionally exciting for the city as as we're going to start to add some some names and faces of players who will build the identity of this club. Um, they'll, they'll score goals on the field. There'll be a name on the back of a jersey that you might buy when we introduced our Austin FC jersey. And there's, there's something to look forward to. We're going to introduce the first ever Austin FC jersey um, in the history of this club. Um, that's something that we'll do around holiday this year. And um, you know, we, we did announce earlier this year that um, Austin legend Yeti is um, our jersey partner and it's a really important connection for the club they're going to be woven literally woven into the fabric of our team on the jersey um but but something to look forward to as an event um you know whether it's a digital event or an in-person event the reveal of a jersey in the soccer culture is a revered day um and and i'm really excited about what we're going to be able to introduce later this year and um, i hope our supporters are I'm pretty confident they will be um, that's a huge event that's coming up a little bit later. But there's a lot of other events. You know, we're gonna we're gonna participate in an expansion draft. We're gonna participate in a collegiate draft.
0: Um, Ask about those. The draft. Pro- I mean, to so yeah. you know, even the recruiting process. Um, I, knew, I knew the collegiate collegiate draft side, but just even I know the player. I saw the announcement. The player you you signed, and that was more. You was coming from South America, I believe. But like that was more just uh, recruiting pick or. I'm totally unfamiliar
1: with that world so besides the draft part. Yeah well so, so the player that we brought on board Ronnie Reyes um, yeah he was acquired via transfer so this is something that's very different from the other four major league sports that are played in North America. I mean our, our talent pool is literally the planet um, and one of the ways that you can acquire players is you you, you purchase um, their rights um, from the existing team. It's called a transfer and you know, sometimes these are, are millions and millions of dollars. And so um, we've made a pretty big investment in our first player. And again, there will be more to come. Uh, the draft. So the expansion draft, you know, each team that's in the league today or most of the teams that are in the league today will um, be able to protect, a, a, let's call it, first 11, 12 players on their roster. And then that leaves the back half of their roster theoretically open or players that for whatever reason, strategically, they choose to not protect. Sometimes players aren't protected because of, um uh, salary reasons. Sometimes players aren't protected because um, they are placed unprotected as a gamble. Sometimes they aren't protected for because perhaps they're, they're not perceived to be a future within that organization. Whatever the reason may be, um, there are players that will be attractive to Austin FC that we think will be available and that will be um, a, a part of our assembly, our roster assembly. Uh, and I, I want to reiterate for your audience, um, I think for the benefit of the community, the benefit of the club, uh, the business staff has zero to do with all soccer decisions. So we have a uh, sporting director um, named Claudio Reña, who's uh, a very experienced um, soccer executive, not to mention one of the greatest American soccer players of all time. But Claudio um, leads our soccer operations and is responsible, along with his staff, to um, make these player selections. And that'll be um, later this year, early next year depending on COVID-19 timing. Um, but it, either way, that's in advance of the, the next season. Then we also uh, will we'll accumulate part of a roster through um, what's called the super draft. That's basically the collegiate draft. Um, without getting into the intricacies of this, um, it's a select group of college players who have historically been available. It's players who don't otherwise have uh, an academy relationship with their team. So you and I talked a little earlier in the conversation about our academy program. Well, our kids will... You know if they stay on the right path they'll either um, sign a professional contract and most of them will go to college and play um, and and our kids who go to college uh, and play um based off of you know customary practices you know they, they will um remain um austin fc eligible um, and so our players wouldn't be draftable in the in the super draft by other teams Likewise, we can't go in and draft kids who have gone through an academy system in, with another MLS team. But there are still some really special players who go through the college system that are draft available in any given year. And that'll be a small way that we have, uh, develop our roster. And then finally, you know, we'll, we'll go through that, I, I guess the best North American term is sort of free agent route, um, where we'll select players who are technically out of contract, whether they're in Europe, South America, or here in North America in MLS or USL that are available for various reasons. And, um, you know, we'll typically sign in the neighborhood of 28 players. um, uh, And um, we will build out what hopefully one day soon will be a championship team.
0: Great, Wendy, thanks for those updates. Um, I know there's definitely a lot going on as we approach the opening of the stadium and the opening of the season and love you, love you. Hopefully have you back on in the box at some point in, in, in next spring, 2021, which is not that far away. Um, but thank you again for your time. Andy Lachnane the president of Austin FC, Austin's M- major league soccer team. Thank you, Andy.
1: You bet. Thank you, AJ. It was a pleasure.